Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Today, for this flash briefing, we're going to be talking about some of the um, outdoor trips that I did over the, the, the last bit here and some of the cool um, outdoor locations or destinations that you can get to if you're located somewhere uh, in the northwest or in the, uh, I guess, the western uh, Oregon area. But uh, uh, just recently, I, I went over to uh, Proxy Falls, a really beautiful spot and definitely a, a specific destination for people that are traveling through Oregon. I remember when I was working uh, with a raft outfitter company, uh, one of as tourists would come in to go on a downriver trip for that uh, that day on the rafting trip, one of the places that they would remark they were going to be traveling to the day after that was always Proxy Falls, along with Crater Lake and maybe a few other destinations. But often on that list was Proxy Falls. So maybe it's a place that many people already know about. But for just a little bit more notoriety, Proxy Falls is a beautiful location. Obviously, Oregon waterfalls are a, a key distinction in uh, really interesting and beautiful places that uh, Oregon has an abundant amount to offer. But, um, but one of my uh, portfolio photo, one of my favorite photographs is from Proxy Falls. Uh, it's a really uh, just photogenic location from a wide view as you kind of hike up maybe about a half mile or, or three quarters of a mile uh, up a trail from the road to get over to it. And then as you get a little bit closer, you get a wide view as you're kind of farther away from it. And you really notice how tall that waterfall is. I think the tallest waterfall in Oregon is Watson Falls, which is further south. Maybe there's something up on the Columbia River that comes real close to that. But uh, but Proxy Falls is also really significantly uh, tall and it's high. You really you really get a feel of how far that that water is is uh, kind of flowing over the rock wall that's there. And so it's not. Um, well, I don't know what it is quite. Um, it seems like it's several hundred feet to to watch it come down. And it, it, right now, especially uh, this early in the year, where there's still a bit of snow melt coming down, there's a lot of water flowing through. So uh, it's cool. You go, you go up to the viewpoint, you kind of hike down a bit, and then you're, uh, you're in the area where the, the water's kind of, the creek has come over the hill, it's dropped down, it's kind of reformulated into the creek below, and it's begun its uh, stream outward and, uh, and down river or Drown Creek, wherever it goes. So when you're there, we had a 360-degree camera, the GoPro Fusion. It was really cool getting in there and uh, trying to get some, uh, some kind of virtual reality 360 degree video recorded of it. So I'm trying to work on that and render it out right now. Really exciting. It's going to be really interesting. We've looked at uh, a few samples of it. It's really cool. It really it, it has like a sensation, almost like you're there. So uh, we're kind of excited about what we're going to be able to use it for. But uh, even just as a novelty, it's, it's really interesting to look at. Um, so some of the proxy fall stuff that we went through. Well, I guess like one of the key things that you're going to want for, for equipment or for gear if you're going on the trip like this is... Um, well, as you're coming into summertime, bring chacos or sandals or something like that that you want to hike around in the uh, in the creek or the river in. But uh, uh, I guess going a little earlier in the year and kind of on a cloudy, rainy day, we really lucked out by earlier in the year picking up a pair of uh, like galoshes, right, or just like uh, big rubber rain boots, um, like you know the ankle waders that kind of come up a little bit. So I took off the boots of the car, and then we hiked in with those because it, it wasn't too far, and. Uh, then when we got up there, though, there's a, there's a whole, you know, a few hundred feet or so where you have to hike up. And right now it's really just not flooded out, but it's just it's just the creek it just kind of spilled out over, um, you know, over a good bit of, uh, of land and grass. And um, you just have to kind of meander your way up to find the best route. But uh, but, yeah, as you go up, you're, you're going to be jumping in or, you know, kind of stepping over uh, a handful of bits of water that are that are going to be deep enough. So I think that was the uh, the best piece of gear that we bought was um, a big bunch well, I don't know what, two pairs. <laughs> we, brought, we brought a pair of uh, big rubber rain boots to get us through that. So that worked pretty good. 
But um, but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, over the next couple of days, I should have a couple of clips of this 360 video rendered out. And I'm hoping to put it up online. So maybe I can try and uh, promote some link of it there when I uh, get it figured out. But it's pretty cool stuff. I'm really excited to be working on some uh, 360 VR content. And uh, maybe that could make this even more interesting. You can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. I ran into another guy out there, and he was like an agate picker. This is something I want to get into, too. I was talking a little bit about agates, how they're formed, and how they show up and, and all that. And, and I'd be interested to find out the geology of how some of these creeks have agates formed in them here along the West Coast. I think it's kind of cool, the land formation, however the geology is over here. And however that goes back in history of the agate formation of what went on over at the coast there. But I think just north of Newport, there's a beach called Agate Beach. Apparently, a place where there's going to be uh, agates found. But this guy that I was talking to, he was saying, well, he was saying like... Uh, if you kind of prowl around town in these kind of these older, smaller, uh, you know, coastal cities here in Oregon or probably in Washington or wherever they might be, but if you kind of prowl around the the town, you'll you'll sort of see these uh, almost I don't know, kind of just it, it says rock shop or gem shop or something like that. It's some sort of little shack uh, kind of place with the old sort of weathered sign on it that sort of looks goofy. It looks like an old time prospector kind of just works there and kind of does it himself. But I guess you, some of those people, some of those guys, they're some of the, the more invested rock hounds in the area. And some of those guys, if they've retired, I guess, you know, they'll, they'll let up some of their picking spots or they'll let up some of their information on, uh, on what they've done to collect some of these cool rocks and gems over the years. But some of those people in those local town spots have some good uh, kind of easy starter information for people that are getting into some of the rock counting stuff, but I was told recommended by a guy over in Newport to try and find a man named rooster. So I could find out about the good rock hounding spots. Sounds fun. I haven't taken him up on it yet, but the guy gave me an agate that he had collected. And <laughs> I guess he was telling me that the good time to go is in the winter time after some of the, the bigger winter storms come in off the coast and then dredge up. Well, I guess not dredge up, but uh, I guess they wash out, the light, I guess, like we were talking about, they wash out the sand that's kind of coming, those sandbars, they wash out, and then it exposes some of the gravel beds, some of those those rock beds that are a little bit lower down uh, in the sediment, and that exposes some of the beds that have the agates in them. And I guess those come up during low tide in the winter time, I guess, after, what, January or February, something like that. And that's when this guy has found most of the agates that he's uh, spotted out there in areas like uh, Agate Beach up to, up to where, I don't know what's up north of there. Is it the Yaquina Head or is that below it? I can't remember now, but it's cool. Yeah, so it's fun going out and doing some, uh, some agate hounding stuff. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way. 
through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. I've been working a lot in Lightroom stuff. I've been trying to like develop a lot of photos, like with the travel stuff that we did, the, the trip and like the trip that I did with my dad out to Christmas Valley and some of the stuff around like the teepee rings that I was photographing. I've been trying to like edit a few of those. And uh, I've been doing like most of that in Lightroom, but I've been trying like a couple different other pieces of software. I haven't really gotten super far with it. So we got to do more research. This will be an ongoing segment for our podcast, which will be fun yeah. too. We should try out some uh, betas. I don't know what we can really get a hold of. Um, but uh, there's Lightroom. And so like there's some news about how like Lightroom is switched over to the Lightroom Creative Cloud, which is going to be sort of a, a, a cloud-based photo editing system. I think it's going to be a little bit more lightweight. I think it's going to you know be a monthly subscription system. And then there's also going to be uh, Lightroom Classic, which is going to be the, the current Creative Cloud uh, professional Lightroom system. And I think that's going to be like your disk management system, like how to put files onto your computer hard drive and how to edit them and then how to like process them out and put them somewhere. Um, so that's still going to be around and I guess going on, but it's it's only going to be subscription system from now on. And I think that's kind of pushed a lot of people, including myself, to consider like what other editing options are going to be out there for um, for like file management systems for your photographs. And there's a few new other systems that are coming up that also seem a little bit more modern in some ways too that i think have been kind of interesting and it's been cool uh checking them out a little bit one of them was uh capture one and you and i had looked at that one a little bit yeah you showed me that one a little bit when you put it on your computer it's cool i want to learn a little bit more about it i know there's a lot of content out there about it there's the the phase the phase one camera system have you heard about right. that it's like a, a little bit medium format digital camera system it's real expensive, real nice, apparently. Uh, I, I only know like a little bit about it, but those raw files, they're, they're really immense uh, medium format digital raw files. And so to process those, they, they kind of constructed their own editing software. Uh, that was this Capture One software. And I think it was supposed to be a more modern system of, of rendering your raw file adjustments. And, uh, and I think it was supposed to be kind of tuned specifically to the raw files produced by, by this phase one camera. Uh, which is an interesting piece of software. You know, it's really technical and I see like a lot of professional photographers kind of not shifting over to it, but at least I see, I see it popping up a little bit more in sort of a higher end fashion system or like people that are using uh, phase one systems or a lot of Sony systems because I think it's, it's sort of specific to the, the camera raw file that's produced. Um, it's sort of strange, right? Like the, I think it's built for the phase one, camera right and like for a lot so of for their file types yeah for those file types and for a lot of the sony file types so i think a lot of the, like the sony photographers are getting the capture one pro software and they make like a free sony editing software that's a little bit stripped down that's like the you know the sony capture one express or something like that who knows what it is but i pulled that on my computer i've been messing with it and i pulled like the demo for uh, uh for capture one pro and it was cool kind of messing around with a different raw editor. It's different than Photoshop, different than Lightroom, but it's all—it's still kind of like the same like panel and slider idea. Mm -hmm. You have a panel, you have like hue and color and sharpness and haze and whatever, and you can kind of make some adjustments on it. But it was interesting doing something different with the raw processing. And I guess it's supposed to be faster, sort of the idea, or it's supposed to be a more modern system. 
it's one of those things where like Lightroom was built years ago, like back in 2006, 2007. And um, I guess there wasn't the ability to, to throw a lot of processing over to the graphics processor. I don't think like it was as important back then to use uh, your graphics processor for rendering and processing and crunching some of the, some of the graphics stuff that you had to do. Sure. And so I think a lot of that, you know, it was built to like run and process the raw files through the, just the main processor. So I guess there's a lot of things about Lightroom that just are made to run really slow, given the modern computer architecture that people are using or that people are developing on. And so I think that's where like, there's an advantage to maybe some future new Adobe software, but also for some of these current players that are trying to do some of this photo editing software stuff, like the other one, um, Affinity Photo, which is one that I think you'd seen a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I've not put anything on my computer to yeah. try out yet. I haven't put but... anything on. I know it looks like there's a lot going on there. It looks like, and I, I hear a lot of people are talking about how impressive the iPad app is. Like if you have an iPad Pro, I guess like a modern oh. iPad, the, the Affinity Pro app on an iPad is really powerful for, for, for tablet yeah, editing. For tablet yeah, editing. and you can do a lot of stuff like with the pencil, the Apple Pencil or with your finger. Um, to do like healing adjustments, a lot of stuff like that that you really couldn't do with software outside of Photoshop before. So it's cool that they made like some progress on that. And I guess Affinity Photo is also producing uh, a digital file management software to go along with Affinity Photo, okay. which is really like the the Lightroom part of it. Like yeah, the ingestion. I was going to say. Yeah. Kind of be like Lightroom. I think it's the Lightroom part and the part where you you can apply adjustments to multiple files at the same time. Oh, sure. Stuff like that. I think it's mm -hmm. like a lot of those features that they're trying to build out this year because of the changes that Adobe's made to the Lightroom system and how they're changing it over to like the Creative Cloud system and the, you know, kind of Lightroom Express system. Yeah, uh, not really been... as much of a pro tool. That's what I've heard of it. That's what yeah. it sounds like. It yeah. So I, like... I think that's why a lot of professionals are a little bit unhappy with that adjustment into uh, their workflow. You know, they're just looking for that, that professional system that they have to increase and get better in the ways they need yeah yeah and i think i think adobe's trying to hit a wider market of hobby photographer or instagram you know kind of it's it's more about like yeah, filters and adjustments easy. yeah yeah one click kind of adjustments yeah uh, sort of things yeah it'll be interesting to see how that ends up going yeah it will be interesting you know that that's sort of the shift in modern computers in a lot of ways and and if you were working an ipad i bet it'll be swell I bet it'll be yeah, pretty cool, sure. you know, to to run a, a bunch of photos off on an iPad through that system. It, you know, probably yeah, work okay. Yeah, the cloud. It'd probably work okay. I don't think it's really the direction that I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like it's the right the right zone. That was what I was thinking. I'm hoping that uh, the change really encourages these other companies to oh yeah develop their their products more. I was, you, yeah, I was hoping there'll be there'll be something to kind of replace what Lightroom is right now. Definitely, because yeah. I really like Lightroom. Before Lightroom, there was Aperture that was built by Apple. Sure. And then they stopped producing Aperture. I don't know what's going to really happen with Lightroom. I'm I'm sure that it's going to stick around, and I'm sure it's really going to be like top of market share for a long time for uh, photographers editing software. It'll likely kind of remain in my workflow for a long time too. I I, I was looking around at Capture One. It's not the thing i really want to use yeah uh, affinity there's some future you know mm -hmm. but i don't really know there's really not the thing that i'm looking to use in the way that i use lightroom right now 
that was what I had noticed when I was looking yeah. through other photo editing software. It yeah. was really like, there are a lot of things that look cool and like they could be something useful. Yeah. But it's just not really, it just doesn't seem like it's there yet. For yeah. The kind of editing that I'm trying to go for. We'll see what pops up in the next year. And, you know, I guess the cool thing is, is like the, the given uh, version of Lightroom that I have right now is, uh, is totally fine for me. That's yeah, that's thing. what I was thinking. I know. Yeah, these new versions. This old version of Lightroom anyway. Yeah, they come out, but uh, I'm still always happy with the uh, the older one for a long time. So I'm kind of interested. I'm really only interested in buying software that I own. I'm not interested in leasing software, even no as way. a working professional, even if I'm making money from using the software. Yeah. It's got to be a real sp- special kind of business software license that I'm working. Um, but it can't yeah, just be. Yeah, I don't like, want to rent software it can't be my color correction software for my photographs i need to i need to own that i need yeah, to own your that tool. database yeah it's yeah, that really kind need... of thing yeah and for for as much as i'm working it i think i need i need to have it. it's not a service right yeah it's just something that is yeah. part of your daily work i get flow. paying it's... for storage paying for a website paying for hosting paying for processing something like that mm-hmm. but uh but yeah i, I don't want to pay for the, the thing in total, if it's just raw processing, color correction, and you know, cropping and exporting of a file, like there's a lot of image editing systems out there, um, and everything I can do, I can do it you know, on an older system. But I'm interested if we go forward with some new software. I'm interested in trying like, like Affinity, or you know, one of these other more modern, just buy outright systems. It's like yeah, it's like a hundred dollars or something. Like there's Pixelmator Pro. That's a, a new program coming out. Yeah. And uh, that's supposed to be kind of a, a, a Photoshop level replacement for stuff. I think that's like definitely when you're like working with layers, working with, uh, you know, textures and stuff. Yeah. You, know, you can do a lot with it. Yeah. I think that I had looked at that one really briefly. And yeah, that one is more like Photoshop. Yeah. Or has more of the like Photoshop capabilities yeah. in it. Yeah. I've, I've heard people are really into that or like really surprised with, with the level of, of quality that they can do it and the, the speed that they're able to process that stuff as it, as like what we're talking about, it's built to work uh, on metal. Like I think a couple of these things that we've been talking about are Apple apps. And uh, I think metal is that system where it writes, it writes really quickly to the graphics card. Right. Yeah. So what is that? I can't remember that. I can't remember the names of it. These like these graphic layers, these, uh, uh, graphic options that used to work um, but yeah this is supposed to be like a way faster system of, of processing some of that graphic stuff and i guess it's supposed to be a big benefit but that's the sort of thing i want to try out with you is that and i want to try to kind of invest in that stuff just because we would own it we have the license we get to use it you know right. for as much as we'd want to but yeah we should try and check it out a little bit i also i kind of I think it would be kind of fun to get some of these softwares and just do like little videos about it oh that'd be fun oh, yeah like, just like it. trying yeah. it out checking it out yeah like hey like we're photographers we're, yeah we What's are... it like to work in Capture One? Yeah. And we just kind of Let's check out that. these tools that are hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. fun. Yeah. Um, but I want to try some of these things. I want to try, like, you know, tech, check out and, and see if some of these other tools are, are better or are more modern or kind of make a different, more creative result. Yeah. There's a bit of that in Lightroom where you seem to kind of fall in, like, a, a little bit of a rut of like how Lightroom edits a photo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what no I mean? kidding. Yeah. yeah. I can get a little stuck in routines or just like how you kind of have to adjust it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. And I'd like to see if there's some new thinking around, around that workflow that, that makes it a little bit or breaks up my creativity a little bit, makes something mm-hmm. a little different. So I think it's worth it just in, in the sense of that kind of investment, but, but yeah, overall, I think, I mean, gosh, you know, everything's fine still. 
I'm one of those people that kind of says, yeah, use the, use the old or use, I don't know, Adobe Camera Raw if you have to. It's probably like most of the adjustments that you need to do anyway, I think. I'm not really big into retouching stuff, you know, but like I think you need to like work a raw file. Yeah. And process it, color correct it, make something out of it. So, yeah, I think there's a lot you can do just with about anything. But it's kind of interesting uh, just seeing like some of these new softwares come out and how they're being developed. There's another one like On One. It's up in Portland. Yeah. It seems like a Lightroom competitor is sort of the idea behind it. I've not really gotten into it. I think they had like a beta come out and I was a little confused about how to use some of it. But really, again, like that's the, the main thing I'm saying is all these new photo editing softwares. It's like I'm kind of confused how to use it. I'm so grand or ingrained in using the stuff in. Uh, oh, yeah, just the Lightroom. Setup. In Lightroom, yeah. Yeah. And it's been really cool using Lightroom or, you know, it's just been like a, what I've gotten used to for a long time. So I don't know. So we're kind of making a transition. But it's not bad. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Just checking out some of these new things. Ooh, yeah. I want to check out more stuff with you. Um, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. We got to figure out some uh, new editing stuff. It'll be fun. But really, I think for a long time, I want to I want to jump into a bunch of these raw files that we have from the last month or so. One of them is I want to try and compare presets. This is something we haven't really done much before. But I want to try and get into some presets for Lightroom stuff. Yeah. And I want to try and do a little investment into like Affinity or into Pixelmator or, you know, one of those other alternatives. And I think with Affinity, at least there's a bunch of preset systems for the, the photo editing stuff there too. And I want to try and compare them a little bit or run some of our other photos through it and see like what kind of creative results we get by like working with some of these preset packets over in Lightroom or some of the new stuff that we could do over in Affinity. It'd just be kind of cool to try and experiment a little bit with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be cool to get into the preset stuff a little bit. I see that as like a huge part of a lot of photographers' workflow. Yeah, I think I'm curious about like what what that is like to use. I'm yeah, I'm pretty interested too. I see tons of people on Instagram kind of promoting their preset systems. Oh yeah, selling their preset packages. Oh yeah, a lot of that. I see a lot of those. I don't know if I'll do that so much as uh, watch a YouTube video about how one built such and such preset package. Um, <laughs> Maybe, that's a little bit more what i'm interested yeah, in. yeah I, there's lots of stuff out there we can find that, uh, that could kind of be a creative start for us to find something to do but it's interesting to see that the levels of editing that go into some of the color corrections that, that happen on these photographs oh yeah yeah some levels of, of editing that i'm not really familiar with really so i guess there's a lot that i should learn about it you know <laughs> really like that's a big part of why i'm interested in seeing other people's preset packages yeah i just want to understand for like for presets that are for photos that I think look better. Oh yeah. Like good. Right. I'm just, I'm just interested in seeing like, what does that look like? I'm trying to figure what does that, that out look too, like yeah. when someone else is putting a photo together like that. I'm really trying to figure it out too. Yeah. What, what is the system of stuff on the side that you're looking at? What are the adjustments that are going on? Like what hue and tint stuff is being pulled around? Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Or like there's a few kind of granular changes into color correction stuff that, uh, that I'm probably not getting into in my photographs and I bet there's a lot of stuff that could be pretty cool yeah I think it would be really interesting to get into yeah I want to do some reimaginations of some photographs that I have yeah I've been mm. going back through really like my portfolio I guess and trying to yeah. reevaluate what my best photos are and also just re-edit a lot of stuff oh that's a great a idea sharper. yeah but yeah I'm trying to get into better finer editing See, yeah, I'd like to try and figure that out too. Yeah, I've noticed that that's like a, an element of the post-processing 
post-processing stuff that I really want to get into in a, in a heavier way. It's like the level of, of editing stuff that I'm able to do or just the level of choices I'm able to make when I get into something like Lightroom or Affinity in the future. So it'll be cool. I, I, we should really develop on that. It'd be cool to, yeah. to try and uh, push ourselves on that a little bit and see if we can learn some, some new tricks or yeah, something new to cool do. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to get into. Yeah, man, I like, I processed probably 200,000, 300,000 photos in the last couple of years. <laughs> I'm just like exporting stuff in it, but so with that, I don't know what I did, or you know, there's really nothing. It's just it's just sort of automatic, or you know, like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of things that like aren't. So I don't know. Like it's a weird thing, like of uh, of just kind of like moving through Lightroom for a long time. Yeah, I know there's a lot of stuff that you probably kind of just like auto work through. Yeah. Or I know that's how it is for me yeah. with a lot of pictures, and I think I it's don't spend as much time on. It's like uh, it's like when like when Tiger Woods was playing golf and like halfway through he needed to get a new coach for his swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know anything about <laughs> golf, but yeah, yeah, I got like a new coach because he was like hurting his shoulder because his swing was wrong. So he needed know. to like correct his swing, but it's one of those things where it's like muscle memory, right? It's like so ingrained of like the way you do something, how you sure. hold something. So it takes a lot to kind of break that habit of yourself, that muscle habit of yourself, and then kind of figure out a new way to do the thing that you do. Uh, so I don't know. We got to, we got to kind of break ourselves a little bit, but I want to do a bunch. Like as we get more and more into wedding photographs, I want to try and figure out some interesting stylistic things that we can do in those photographs through our uh, post-processing. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been really, cause that's what I've been doing for photo editing. Yeah. Mostly the last couple months is mm-hmm. a lot of like wedding photo stuff from work that we've been doing. Yeah. And yeah, I really want to get into more of a stylized way of doing that. I want like to something too. that's a little bit more of a a particular kind of quality. Yeah. I really like that. Because our photos are awesome. They're oh, yeah. so good, but I want to, and really, I mean, that's kind of what I like about going back to like the Sony cameras and stuff. Like, like they don't even have to be edited. They look beautiful already, but yeah. I want to wow. get into making them look a little bit more like a style. Yeah. Not just that it's a really beautiful photo, but that it's like no, a I wanna, brand. I want to work with it in a good way too. I really want to be selective about our lens use. Oh my gosh. I, know. I think there's a lot that we know to do in that, that we're not really able to execute on right now for some of our projects. And that's something I really want to change, you know, where we Me get, too. we get some stuff in there, that that's that, that right piece. Um, so I really want to focus on that. And yeah, I really want to focus on our, our post-processing element on top of that to really get uh, the right kind of texture in the file mm-hmm. when we make it and the right kind of colors and, you know, just that, the, the right photo and then i want to try and really do a great job in lightroom or in our post processing stuff to to kind of pull that out and make it the most and make it look a little stylized a little different and a little better yeah it'll be cool i think we've got a pretty distinct style with the, the things that we've been working on over the years and i want to try and push that visually into uh, just some new directions thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the billy newman photo podcast Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there. Some stuff on the homepage. Some good links to other other outbound sources. Some some links to books. Some links to some podcasts. Links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.